Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Alyssa Gray, and today we'll be learning Yoma Daf Mem Zion, Yoma 47. Yesterday, we studied a small sugya toward the end of Yoma 46b. That sugya dealt with the fire of the firepan and the menorah. That sugya's reference to the firepan, the machtah, was a sort of anticipatory reference to our Mishnah at the top of 47a. This new Mishnah begins chapter 5 of Yoma and opens with, quote, They brought out to him, meaning the high priest, the ladle and the firepan, machatah, unquote. These sorts of literary linkages, small though they seem, are interesting evidences of a type of editorial artistry in the formation of the Talmud Bavli. Our principal interest today, however, is a passage on 47a that is related to, yet distinct from, the issue of the firepan. We learn on 47a that a high priest named Rabbi Yishmael ben Kimchit was extraordinarily capable of handling a large quantity of incendiary material taken from the altar by means of the ladle and firepan. Yishmael appears to comment on his own prowess by praising his mother in language reminiscent of Proverbs 31.29. In that verse, part of the recitation of Eshet Chayel, or a woman of valor, which Jewish husbands traditionally recite for their wives on Friday night, the husband praises his wife, saying that many women have done valiantly, but his wife has exceeded them all. Again, it is noteworthy that Ishmael ben Kimchit uses language to praise his mother that echoes this verse, although he does not quote it directly. The Gemara then moves into other Ishmael ben Kimchit material that is our principal focus today. We first have two very similar stories in which Ishmael ben Kimchit encountered first an Arab and then a lordly person in the marketplace. With both men and on both occasions, a little of their spittle struck him in the course of their conversation. This spittle rendered Yishmael ben Kimchit ritually impure, Tameh, and in both cases, a brother of his had to step in and serve as high priest. Both of these accounts end with the observation that their mother was able to see two of her sons serve as high priests on the same day, clearly a rare honor for her. After these two stories, the Gemara relates that Kimchit, the mother of Yishmael ben Kimchit, had seven sons, all of whom served as high priests. The sages asked her what she had done to merit this, and she responded that her hair was never uncovered even to the slightest degree within the four walls of her own home. The sages commented that others were similarly modest without meriting such great honor. This sequence of narratives, the spittle that renders Yishmael ben Kimchit unable to serve as high priest, the fact that his mother had seven sons who all served as high priests, and the sage's question to Kimchit about how she merited this honor appears as such a sequence in a number of places in the literature of the land of Israel, notably Tosefta Yoma, 
the Talmud Yerushalmi and Tractates Yoma, Megillah, and Horayot in Leviticus Rabbah and Pesikta Darav Kahana. We obviously cannot delve into a complete, detailed analysis of the different versions of this series of narratives, fascinating and illuminating, although that would be. We will focus on a few key points. First, in this very same place in the Gemara, Yerushalmi Yoma, chapter 5, Halacha 1, page 42b, only refers to the dry detail about Yishmael ben Kimchit's proficiency with the fire pan and ladle. The Yerushalmi does not present its version of this sequence of Yishmael ben Kimchit narratives here, but does present them way back toward the beginning of the tractate at Yerushalmi Yoma, chapter 1, Halacha 1, page 38d. This sequence of Yishmael ben Kimchit narratives is part of the Yerushalmi's Gemara to Mishnah Yoma 1.1, which opens with discussion of the high priest's separation and seclusion for the seven days preceding Yom Kippur. In the Yerushalmi, the sages praise his mother Kimchit's modesty and recite Psalm 45.14 over her, which reads, All of the honor of the king's daughter is within. That verse is generally understood in rabbinic literature as a statement about female modesty. When we consider the Yerushalmi's quotation of all the honor of the king's daughter is within, and its placement of this story as part of the Gemara to Mishnah Yoma 1.1, we see that the Yerushalmi is inviting us to compare and see as similar the high priest's seven-day pre-Yom Kippur seclusion and the permanent, ongoing, hyper-modest seclusion of Kimchit, mother of the high priest Yishmael ben Kimchit. The mother's pious, modest seclusion results in her being rewarded with a high priest's son who will need to seclude himself for one week per year preceding Yom Kippur. In a way, Kimchit is herself constructed as a sort of high priest. The Bavli, by contrast, places this sequence of Yishmael ben Kimchit material later, right here in chapter 5, thereby breaking the Yerushalmi's link between the mother's seclusion and that of her son, the high priest. Which brings us to our next point. Mishnah Yoma 1.1 discusses the high priest's wife, not his mother. That being so, it is interesting that the Yerushalmi includes this story about a high priest's pious mother, not wife, as part of its Gemara to Mishnah Yoma 1.1. Although the Bavli moves this material from chapter 1 to chapter 5, the Bavli is more sensitive than the Yerushalmi to this odd blurring of the boundary between the mother and the wife. Recall that it is in the Bavli, not the Yerushalmi, that Yishmael ben Kimchi praises his mother in language reminiscent of Proverbs 31.29, which is spoken by a husband praising his wife. Yet the Bavli, unlike the Yerushalmi, is more skeptical that it was Kimchi's extreme modesty that led to her great reward of having seven sons who served as high priests. The Bavli is more willing than the Yerushalmi to observe that pious behavior does not always lead to this worldly spiritual rewards. As a final point, let's consider the seven sons motif. Kimchit is said to have had seven sons, all of whom served as high priests. We find the mother and seven sons motif on Bavabatra 11a, 
in a story about a pious charity collector who supported a starving mother and her seven sons out of his own pocket after she pleaded for his help when there were no public charity funds available. More pertinently, on Gitine 57b, we see this motif as part of the extended sequence of stories about the destruction of the Second Temple. The story is told there of a woman who watched her seven sons die at Caesar's hands because each one in turn refused to worship idolatry. This is clearly a version of a much older story found in chapter 7 of the apocryphal book 2 Maccabees about seven brothers who chose death at the hands of Antiochus rather than eat pork. The use of this seven sons motif in connection with Kimchit and her seven high priest sons shows us that like these other mothers, Kimchit is in effect making a painful sacrifice and having her sons serve as high priests. Indeed, in Gitin, the grieving mother explicitly compares herself and her sacrifice to Abraham's offering of Isaac in the book of Genesis. Kimchit's seven sons are in a sense the karbanot, the offerings that she is offering to God. Once again, as in the Yerushalmi, Kimchit herself is implicitly portrayed as a sort of high priest, although with a critical difference. In the Yerushalmi, her high priesthood, as it were, is visible through her seclusion, while in the Bavli, it is visible through her offering of seven precious sacrifices, her seven sons who serve as high priests in one day. An interesting thought-provoking difference. Let's study together again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.